You're listening to The Corbett Report. CorbettReport.com All right, friends, welcome back. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. This is James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, your host and guide for the next hour of radio broadcasting here on the Republic Broadcasting Network. And for people who haven't checked out my website yet, of course, it is CorbettReport.com, and that's where you can go for all of the previous archives of this radio program or uh, any of the work that I've done, the podcast inter- episodes, the interviews, the videos. It's all there for your free downloading pleasure. And for those of you who didn't tune into the program last night, first of all, tusk tusk, naughty you. But uh, second of all, welcome to this week of broadcasts where we are going over the Boiling Frogs Post website. And once again, for people who haven't checked out BoilingFrogsPost.com, this is the website of FBI whistleblower Sibel Edmonds. And it is, uh, well, a growing information resource on all sorts of different issues and with all sorts of different media ventures coming out of there and based out of BoilingFrogsPost.com. It started out, I think, a couple of years ago now, and it started out basically as a news aggregator website slash podcast home for the Boiling Frogs Post podcast, which is now approaching its 100th episode and is co-hosted by Sibel Edmonds and tonight's guest, Peter B. Collins. And Peter B. Collins is a, a longtime broadcaster based out of the West Coast there in California, and we're hoping to get him online. He's uh, not online yet, but we're hoping to bring him up into tonight's conversation to talk about the Boiling Frogs Post podcast, about the work that he does there, the uh, excellent work that he's done over the years on all sorts of issues around the encroaching U.S. police state. He's uh, done a lot of work on Guantanamo and on the NDAA, uh, drone strikes, all of those types of issues. Uh, He's interviewed lots of people over the years on those issues and really been a dogged voice uh, from from a left perspective, but still very much someone who is uh, not uh, drinking the Obama Kool-Aid or blindly worshipping the president. He has been a fierce critic of all of the just absolutely abysmal policies that uh, started many, many, many decades ago, but have been continued on, of course, under Bush and under Obama and under whatever is coming next, undoubtedly. So it is uh, going to be very interesting to talk to him and get to pick his brain about the work that he's done. Once again, he's not online yet, so we will bring him to you when he's up and ready. But in the meantime, let's uh, just go over the Boiling Frogs Post website once again for people who were not tuning in last night. BoilingFrogsPost.com, again, a one-stop shop for all sorts of information. Not only the Boiling Frogs Post podcast, not only the brand new Reality Principle podcast uh, hosted by Eric Dreitzer of StopImperialism.com, a frequent uh, guest on this program, not only the host of the Empire, Power, and People podcast by Andrew Gavin Marshall, another frequent guest on this program, but also, of course, the host to the Eye Opener Reports that I do on a weekly basis, in which we were highlighting last night here on the program, and in, in addition to that, also hosts all sorts of articles by guest writers like uh, Paul Craig Roberts and William Engdahl and Pepe Escobar and, and many others besides. And in addition to that, there's also a nightly news and editorial roundup where Sibel Edmonds uh, handpicks a bunch of we- uh, links for different news stories from around the world. Always uh, just a fascinating and, and very in-depth look at all sorts of issues, including ones that you genuinely don't see a lot in the alternative media 
um, in relates, relation to Central Asia and what's happening in the Middle East, etc. Just generally too much information to even possibly uh, go through. So I don't know how on earth Sabelle does it every single day, putting all those links together. But uh, she is a workhorse behind the scenes, and she has made BoilingFrogsPost.com possible, as well as you guys out there. You are the ones who genuinely do make Boiling Frogs Post possible with your donations, your support, your purchases of DVDs, and your subscriptions. That is what enables things like the eye-opener report. So if you do appreciate that work, once again, it is brought to you by you guys out there. And your support is appreciated and, in fact, necessary for all of us. Andrew Gavin Marshall, Eric Dreitzer, Peter B. Collins, myself, Sabelle Edmonds. All of us really are, are made possible with, through your support. At any rate, I'm going to uh, take a short break. We're going to try to get Peter B. Collins on the line. So stay tuned right there. We'll be right back with more Corbett Report Radio after this. All right, friends, welcome back to the broadcast. Once again, this is Corbett Report Radio. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. This week, we are featuring various people from the BoilingFrogsPost.com website and, uh, on, as guests on this program. And tonight, we're going to be talking to Peter B. Collins. His personal website is PeterBCollins.com. I believe I said .net last night. Sorry about that. So once again, that's PeterBCollins.com, Collins, C-O-L-L-I-N-S. PeterBCollins.com is the site for tonight's guest where you can see all of the various work he's done over the years, talking to all sorts of people, uh, Brad Friedman and uh, Greg Pallast and uh, all sorts of uh, just great guests, Jordan, uh, sorry, Jason Leopold um, from Truthout, um, uh, many, many different people on all sorts of topics, including, as I say, a lot of work on the encroaching American police state, the NDAA, the drone strikes, all of that. So uh, once again, very much looking forward to getting Peter on tonight's program. He is just getting his uh, his computer in order, so it might take another minute or two. Uh, tomorrow night, just as a reminder, we're going to be talking to uh, Eric Drake, uh, sorry, Andrew Gavin Marshall, andrewgavinmarshall.com, who is also the host of the Empire Power and People podcast. Podcast on boilingfrogspost.com where he does a weekly, usually about 30, 45 minute uh, podcast on various events, usually related to economics and geopolitics. On Thursday night, we're going to be talking to Eric Dreitzer of StopImperialism.com. He does a brand new podcast available through Boiling Frog's Post called The Reality Principle. The first episode of that podcast is now available for download through BoilingFrogsPost.com. That's available to the general public. As of next week, it will be a subscriber-only podcast. And uh, and he goes through two hours of uh, various geopolitics, various news stories, also has a uh, guest on each week to talk about various aspects of whatever story he's covering. And uh, on Friday night, we're going to be talking to Sabella Edmonds. But as I say tonight, we're talking to Peter B. Collins, a veteran broadcaster and uh, just a consummate professional all around. And I believe we may have our Skype difficulties sorted out. So let's just check. Peter B. Collins, are you there? Well, good evening. It's great to have you here, and uh, here on uh, this Tuesday night edition of the broadcast for you, Wednesday morning for me, and it's been an awfully long time since we've last talked, so it's great to have you here and pick your brain. As I've been telling the audience, you are just a, a consummate professional, and I always feel so humbled when I'm listening to your broadcasts because of your absolute incredible eloquence and articulateness when you're talking to the uh, to the audience and to your guests. So I'm just honored to have you here tonight to talk to uh, to all of us about the work that you're doing. 
First of all, since this is probably uh, the first time that some of the listeners out there will be encountering you, let's talk a little bit about the work that you're doing over at PeterBCollins.com. Well, thank you, James. And uh, I'm trying to make sure that we have all our issues sorted out here. Uh, Do you have a picture of me right now? I see you uh, just fine. Great. Okay. I have a question mark in the screen where uh, where I would be appearing on Skype here. Well, let me first uh, return the compliment because you do incredible work yourself uh, and your mastery of, uh, of video is something that I've been very impressed with and equally the quality of your reporting uh, I think is, uh, is quite impressive and at a very high standard. So, so thanks for inviting me on and uh, I just want to explain to the listeners and viewers that I uh, joined you a little bit late because I was visiting with Pepe Escobar, who is a wonderful globe-trotting reporter, uh, and he and Sibel Edmonds and I have been uh, doing interviews for three or four years now. And he's based at uh, Asia Times, the online publication, which is uh, on the web at atimes.com. And uh, we, he came into town yesterday. We watched the third and final presidential debate uh, together last night. And then he was here for an interview, and we went down the street to uh, a restaurant so I could grab a bite to eat before I joined you here. So I apologize for being late. Uh, uh, broadcasts are important, and I always try to show up on time. <laughs> no, no problem at all. In fact, uh, I can't blame you. Pepe is such a character. I can only imagine what it must be like hanging out with him. Well, it, it, he knows so much, and he's been to so many places, and he's very indulgent. Um, every time I asked him a question, uh, he was happy to uh, offer greater detail than anything that you can find in the media here in the United States. And to segue, what I see as my mission is to try to cover the stories that I'm passionate about and that don't get properly covered in the corporate media here in the United States. And fundamentally, I'm fighting for a return to constitutional rule here in the U.S. And we have lost portions of our First Amendment, our Fourth Amendment. And let me just recap for any viewers who aren't familiar with the U.S. Constitution. The First Amendment relates to freedom of speech, and freedom of and from religion. The Fourth Amendment is a protection that one cannot be surveilled or have a search or seizure conducted without probable cause and a court order. And that uh, constitutional amendment, which is part of what we call the Bill of Rights, is being massively and routinely violated by our government, and President Obama is complicit in this, The bill that he said he would oppose when he was a member of the U.S. Senate, uh, he then voted for in August of 2008, which essentially regularized, I wouldn't call it legalized, the uh, wiretapping program that was referred to euphemistically as warrantless, but was flatly illegal, uh, that was started by George W. Bush. And finally, the Fifth Amendment. And most people in the United States are aware of the Fifth Amendment as the ability of a defendant to refuse to answer a question that might self-incriminate. But the true 
um, terms of the Fifth Amendment are that your life or liberty uh, may not be compromised without due process. And the most sig significant example of the violation of the Fifth Amendment is the targeted killing by a drone strike in Yemen, first of Anwar al-Awlaki, and then of his 16-year-old son, uh, the week later, both American citizens entitled to due process before their lives, in this case, could be taken. And so if I, you know, briefly summarize what I see as my mission, it is to fight um, the creeping police state in the United States, uh, and in simple terms, that would involve a return to constitutional rule. And I think that's eloquently expressed in the tagline for PeterBCollins.com, Real Patriots Defend the Constitution, which I think is an absolutely admirable phrase and uh, uh, certainly apt when we think of the various ways that the Constitution is being shredded, has been shredded for some time, not only the, the Bill of Rights, but also some of the, the clauses in the Constitution itself, including such things as the uh, the delineation of powers and uh, the idea that uh, that Congress has to actually declare war, etc., some of these other principles that are, uh, as we speak, being basically violated, shredded, and consigned to the dustbin of history unless we actually do something about it. And, of course, that's always the question. Well, we have a couple of minutes here before the break. Let's talk about some of the, the guests that you've had on in the past on your program talking about these issues. I know you've spoken to a number of whistleblowers and a number of journalists who are doing this kind of work, like Pepe Escobar. Escobar. Mm -hmm. Who are some of the other people that uh, you have there in your archives? Well, most prominently is Sibel Edmonds, and she is the connector uh, through which you and I have met. And she is a, uh, an American immigrant, uh, a naturalized citizen, who blew the whistle when she worked at the FBI. She was hired shortly after 9-11 to work in the translations unit. And like other... Uh, American immigrants who, who I know, and I'll mention my former producer, Katrina Rill, who uh, was a native of Germany and just two weeks ago uh, was sworn in as an American citizen. And those two individuals helped to inform the work that I do because they have a literal interpretation of our constitutional rights and a real um, proper valuation of those rights because they come from places where they didn't have the same freedoms. And so Sibel is, is really uh, a heroine to me. And when she asked me to co-host the Boiling Frogs uh, podcast interview series, uh, I was delighted. And so I do want to share this uh, opportunity to, you know, educate people about the work I do with Sibel and her website that you are a prominent contributor to, BoilingFrogsPost.com. So I would start there. And in recent months, uh, there are two key issues that I have covered in depth. Again, because the mainstream corporate media in this country refuses to do so. And one is the detention policies, which are embedded in the defense funding bill for 2012. That bill is 
shorthanded as the NDAA. That stands for National Defense Authorization Act. And Section 1021 of that bill has broad and vague language that would allow an American citizen who is vaguely accused, not even formally charged, with being connected to terrorism, uh, to be detained indefinitely, without charge or trial, at a military base. And I, I want to enumerate those, without well, charge or trial. Hold on right there. We're coming up against the break. But when we come back, let's continue talking about the encroaching police state in America. Once again, talking to Peter B. Collins of PeterBCollins.com and BoilingFrogsPost.com. We'll be back after this. All right, friends, welcome back to the program. Once again, you're tuned into Corbett Report Radio here on the Republic Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and tonight we're talking to Peter B. Collins, who has his website at PeterBCollins.com. He's also the co-host of the flagship Boiling Frogs Post podcast at BoilingFrogsPost.com, which generally comes out about once a week or so, and it features an in-depth conversation with all sorts of newsmakers, journalists, whistleblowers, and people of importance and uh, that has been somewhat disrupted of late as Sibel has been moving across the country and that has interfered with her work schedule a little bit. But I think things are starting to return back to normal. So I hope people are uh, tuning into that. And of course, you can subscribe via BoilingFrogsPost.com so you can hear that conversation as it comes out. But uh, but let's uh, continue where we left off there, Peter. Before the break, you were enumerating the the various ways that the National Defense Authorization Act of 2012 eviscerates what was left of the Constitution. Let's talk about some of those powers that it supposedly grants to the U.S. government. Well, I think that if people want to get details on it, there's an important um, case that was filed, and the plaintiffs included Chris Hedges, the uh, uh, former Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter for the New York Times, who covered uh, Central South America and the Middle East. Uh, He was the bureau chief for the Times for a number of years. And uh, Daniel Ellsberg uh, was one of the other better-known plaintiffs in the case. There were a total of six or seven. And we did a series of interviews with the attorney who carried the case, a man named Carl Mayer, uh, and Chris Hedges himself, and uh, one of the other plaintiffs. And the court decision by a courageous judge in uh, Manhattan Federal Court named Catherine Forrest, who, by the way, owes her lifetime appointment to President Obama. Nonetheless, she issued a 100-plus page ruling on September 12th, which uh, eviscerated the government's um, uh, participation in the case. They essentially were were just passive during the courtroom proceedings. She issued a temporary injunction in May against this portion of the the law, and to be explicit, it's Section 1021B. And uh, to repeat, it permits the detention of an individual who is accused, but not necessarily formally charged, of almost any connection to terrorism. Let me give you a a brief example. I support the work of the uh, activists who have formed repeated uh, Gaza Freedom Flotillas. And these are peaceful international activists 
who charter boats, usually in Cyprus, and make a crossing to attempt to break the Israeli blockade of Gaza. And the most recent attempt was intercepted uh, just two days ago. And uh, Colonel Ann Wright, a retired uh, Army officer who also served with distinction in our State Department and resigned in protest uh, after the invasion of Iraq in 2003, uh, she sold me a T-shirt for $20. And it had a logo on it supporting the Gaza Freedom Flotilla. Well, after I bought that T-shirt, the U.S. House of Representatives passed a resolution declaring that because they were attempting to break the blockade and go to Gaza, which is controlled by Hamas, that this amounted to a terrorist group, and that my purchase of that T-shirt could be interpreted, and I've, I've asked lawyers who uh, affirm this, as so-called material support of a terrorist organization. Now, that's how remote my connection to... And, and, and let's just, for the moment, assume that Hamas is a terrorist organization. I dispute that, but that's the assertion. Well, buying a T-shirt for an American activist who wants to go to Gaza, and that's claimed as support for Hamas, and therefore I, at the end of this chain, could be then locked up without trial or charge at a military brig and held indefinitely. And I've been a bitter opponent of the Guantanamo facility, the fabricated legal bases that have been used to detain people there. And part of this, this term, material support, was just rejected in an appeal um, about 10 days ago in the case of Salim Hamdan. And Hamdan is now fairly prominent because his name was attached to a Supreme Court decision in 2005 that uh, temporarily uh, overturned the uh, Bush-era military tribunals. And right before the midterm elections in 2006, the Bush team rammed through Congress and the Senate um, the so-called Military Commissions Act. And it, like we discussed earlier, regularized, but in my view didn't legalize, the uh, military tribunals and brought into law, uh, American law, the term material support. Prior to that, this judge ruled that when Hamdan was detained and then charged, there was no term in American law or in treaties that we are signatories to called material support. And likewise, there are other concoctions uh, of the Bush administration, enemy combatant, uh, and, and so forth. It, it is a so, slippery slope that's being constructed through legalese terms, isn't it? Well, again, we're coming up against a break. Let's take another short breather, and we'll be right back once again talking to Peter B. Collins. All right, friends, welcome back. Once again, this is Corporate Report Radio. Tonight we are talking to Peter B. Collins. Once again, his website is peterbcollins.com. That's Collins, C-O-L-L-I-N-S. And you can also find him, of course, at boilingfrogspost.com, where you will find not only the flagship Boiling Frogs Post podcast, of which he is a co-host, but also my own eye-opener video reports, as well as other 
uh, podcasts, articles, nightly news and editorial roundups, all sorts of information coming out of BoilingFrogsPost.com on a daily basis, so I hope you are checking it out. Just there before the break, we were talking about some of these legal terms which unfortunately are being shoehorned into case precedent in order to try to justify the ways that the Constitution is being shredded before our faces, such things as uh, the uh, military tribunals bringing into the idea, the concept of material support for so-called designated terrorist organizations. We can even look at how they designate terrorist organizations and what groups they decide to take off that list, such as the MEK or MKO, as they're also known, which has recently been delisted, even though they are a terrorist organization, but they're operating in Iran, so I guess that means they're part of the good guys. At any rate, this is part of the uh, the nightmare society that we're living in, and which Peter B. Collins is documenting on a regular basis on his own program. So, Peter, let's pick up from that point talking about some of these legal terms that are supposedly uh, meant to justify what's going on these days. Well, uh, Judge Forrest, in a brilliant ruling, and I urge people, if you go to my website and find the interview with her, it's available free, not limited to subscribers now. And in the text linked to that show is a link to uh, download the PDF of her ruling. And I encourage you to read it for yourself because she outlines the faulty case brought by the government, the arrogance of the uh, Obama Justice Department under Attorney General Eric Holder in telling her to get out of the way, that the courts don't have jurisdiction here because the, they challenge the standing uh, the legal standing of the plaintiffs, that since they can't prove that they've been harmed by this, they have no case to bring. Well, she uh, brilliantly uh, ripped that to shreds and then uh, hammered the government for its uh, approach to the whole issue. And then to boil it down, on September 12th, she issued a permanent injunction against the detention clause in the Defense Authorization Act. And within... Uh, 48 hours, the White House was attacking her personally, and they made the fatuous claim that her ruling, which was focused narrowly on the rights of American citizens and uh, what are called American persons, and that would be any legal resident of the country, citizen or not, uh, they claimed that her ruling was preventing them from continued detention of non-Afghans at the Parwan prison facility located adjacent to the Bagram Air, Bagram Air Base near Kabul, Afghanistan. And uh, that is a, a, a very extreme claim that uh, doesn't stand up to scrutiny. So they asked her to put a stay, uh, a legal hold, on her own ruling, and she declined. And so the following Monday... Five days, we had five days of a restoration of our rights uh, from this particular bill. They found a friendly appeals court judge, also appointed by uh, President Obama, but without the uh, political independence of Judge Forrest, who then did issue a temporary stay, and a a three-judge panel has since uh, put a longer-term hold on the injunction that protected our rights. And in the same time frame, it was reported that the Obama administration negotiated a deal with the Karzai government in Kabul 
uh, to enable it to continue to detain the very people they said that this law compromised. Now, I don't support the detention of non-Afghans, and they're an unknown number, uh, who are being held. Uh, Obama, to his credit, has not increased the population at Guantanamo and has actually reduced it. But he's failed to close it, as he promised on the second day of his presidency. And instead, uh, people are being held at the, the facility at Parwan. And most recently, last Friday, there was a ruling that denied habeas corpus rights to those uh, third-country detainees, uh, claiming that it's a war zone, and therefore the courts were reluctant to intervene. And so uh, this is a, a circle of um, uh, dishonesty, because when we go back to the origins of this, it started last December, where the Senate put forward this detention clause, and uh, Senator Carl Levin uh, was quoted in open session uh, trying to protect Americans by inserting new language, just saying it didn't apply to Americans or U.S. persons. And he stated publicly that the White House insists on this language. And then when the president on his holiday break in Hawaii signed the bill on December 31st, he issued one of those Bush-type signing statements saying, oh, isn't this terrible? I will never use this power. Yet he has um, belied that by using his legal team to keep this clause in effect. And in the final debate, which was focused on foreign policy, there was not a single word about this, and neither has it been brought up by Democratic politicians who are running for re-election. So there is a conspiracy of silence over this and so many issues, including the president's uh, unilateral extension of war-making powers by the use of, of drones in countries like Yemen and Somalia, where we have absolutely no authority. And, and let's put aside Pakistan, where we have no legitimate authority to attack, uh, because there, there's a, a passive consensus about that uh, in the United States. I don't agree with it, but the most egregious offenses are in Yemen and Somalia. Uh, we use drones in Libya. It's now reported we had one over Benghazi the night of the consulate attacks. And uh, add to that the uh, Kill or Kill program. It's officially called the Killer Capture Program, uh, but there's only been one person captured and held uh, in the last two years under this initiative from the White House. And they just flatly assert that they have this authority. And one more, the aggressive cyber warfare conducted by the United States without any authorization, without any congressional approval or debate, without even a public debate, we have um, joined forces with the Israelis to insert the Stuxnet virus and other computer viruses into computers in Iran. And it's justified by this claim of Iran's danger of developing a nuclear weapon, which is flatly uh, contradicted by the national intelligence estimates. And so the duplicity here is, is uh, breathtaking. And we're now told by Secretary of Defense Panetta that we should be braced for a Pearl Harbor level of a cyber attack. But no mention is made that this is blowback from our 
unilateral, illegal uh, activities in that sphere. And I compare the use of the Stuxnet virus to uh, parachuting in SEAL Team 6 or any other commando force. It is a clear violation of the space and sovereignty of the nation of Iran. Well, you raise so many good points there, but one that I find particularly baffling, and I I am a third-party outside observer of the American political system, so perhaps you can enlighten me on this point, but I find it absolutely baffling that anyone can fall for the idea that that someone like uh, a President Obama will sign this or that into law, but but he won't ever use this, so it's okay. Uh, as if the, he will be president for life, as if there will never be any opportunity for anyone else, even if we were to believe that he would never use this. Uh, the, the implication is that the next time someone that the uh, the electorate doesn't like gets into office, they will have those self-same powers. So I, I don't understand how people can fall for this trickery and this constant expansion of, of executive power in the president's office that uh, that just continues to accrue more and more and more powers and, and self-proclaimed uh, abilities for the dictator-in-chief, what is increasingly becoming the dictator. How is the American electorate led along by the nose into this, this deeper and deeper tyranny, or, or are they going into it willingly? Well, first, James, you uh, uttered a terminology that's very close to what I use. Um, I describe it now as a dictatorship with term limits. And we're about to either re-elect Obama or give uh, Mitt Romney uh, a four- or eight-year stretch as the dictator, uh, particularly on foreign policy. There is more, uh, there's more play uh, on, on budget issues, on domestic policy, on the phony debate over uh, cutting the deficit. Um, so there is, you know, participation by our popularly elected officials. But when it comes to foreign policy, both parties have ceded um, almost all power including the power of the purse, the, the budget power that Congress has to cut off funding for drones or for, uh, uh, you know, spook activity like Stuxnet, uh, to conduct investigations. The only recent investigation we've had is this trumped-up uh, effort by uh, Chairman Daryl Issa of the Oversight Committee. And I want to be clear about this, that uh, he's investigating the attack on the consulate in Benghazi on September 11th of this year. But it's purely opportunist politics on his part. Now, that's not to in any way exonerate the Obama team, because they're clearly hiding something. And they're, they're not being forthcoming, and he has managed to get through these debates with uh, piles of smoke uh, about what they're actually uh, obscuring. And I would recommend a recent interview at my website with Peter Van Buren. He was uh, drummed out of the State Department uh, and was uh, permitted to retire with full benefits in August. He wrote a book called We Meant Well. And in it, in a very uh, entertaining and often hilarious way, he described his year in Iraq, squandering American dollars on meaningless reconstruction projects. And for that, uh, and, and by the way, he, he divulged zero classified information. He did not compromise sources or methods or any of that stuff <laughs> that they use as a pretext to, to uh, silence people like him. And yet um, he was given a, a meaningless job after they stripped his security clearance. And 
he has been, uh, you know, marginalized as a result. So I asked Van Buren, I said, what are they hiding? And his theory is that it is the basic rationale that caused Obama to approve our involvement in the uh, uh, ejection of Muammar Gaddafi. And uh, there's so much more to that story uh, about what the real basis was. It appears that originally it was a French covert operation and that the U.S. Uh, claimed that it was part of the Arab Spring. Um, that's really not credible. And so Van Buren believes that they're trying to maintain the chain of deception that began with our so-called leading from behind uh, in the Libya operation that led to uh, the, the murder of Gaddafi and uh, what is now a failed state uh, that is, is very difficult for us to remote control. Well, we've spent quite a bit of time here documenting just some of the abuses, and of course there are many, many more that are going on at all levels of government these days in terms of encroaching on those rights that have been enshrined in the Constitution, but of course don't stem from the Constitution. They stem from our nature as human beings on this planet, and uh, and so we can't uh, venerate the document itself so much as the, the principles which it stands for. And it, it does raise the question of the solutions that, that we can offer to these types of things that are happening. Obviously, most of the people listening right now aren't themselves involved in the American government or have any uh, hands on the levers of powers, so to speak. It, it really does raise a question for what the average citizen out there can be doing against this, this growing executive tyranny, this growing judicial tyranny, the various ways that this is encroaching on people's liberties. And it, it does raise the question of whether there's any sort of political uh, political solution that's possible. Is there is there a solution that's going to come from the ballot box when people are given basically a two two headed hydra to to choose from every four years? Tell me how long we have till the next break. We have three minutes, so <laughs> sum it all up. <laughs> well, um, let me thumbnail it for you. The American political system was never pure. But the Citizens United decision has corrupted the process so deeply with the uh, direct infusion of corporate money and money from millionaires and billionaires like Sheldon Adelson who can fund, uh, you know, attack commercials and all sorts of political activity. And we have to couple that with the failure of the American media to discharge its duties to properly expose um, so many things. And just one example, uh, before the presidential debate, I was watching CNN with the pundits and all the rhetorical back and forth, and uh, they took many breaks. And in every break, there was a commercial from the clean coal industry, and clean coal is a lie. Anybody can, can identify that. But they're permitted to propagandize uh, because they pay cash. The next break, it was the American Petroleum Institute with a series of uh, alleged real people saying that I want my energy and I vote. And then there's the American Natural Gas Association uh, telling us how fracking is safe and we have nothing to worry about. Now, the propaganda part of it is one aspect, but... The money that CNN takes from these industrial uh, groups compromises them. 
And their reporters then don't ask questions in the debate uh, about the corruption caused by this level of participation, both in propaganda and in the political process. And finally, James, we have a spineless uh, uh, group of elected officials. And the shift, uh, just in terms of opposition to war, from the Bush era to the present, is astounding. And we have so many people who are willing to speak up and challenge George Bush for constitutional violations, for the lies that led us into Iraq, for Guantanamo. And they've all either gone silent or they support the continued operation of Guantanamo. They're silent on the expansion of our military footprint and the the tactics and tools used in those wars. And so I don't have a, a, a happy ending to this because it only appears to be getting worse. And unfortunately, so many people are, I guess, mystified by that D next to the president's name, which apparently denotes that none of these things can be happening. So I guess we can just close our eyes and pretend they're not. Although, I guess on a hopeful note, once, uh, if Mitt Romney is to be elected, then I guess people would suddenly be energized again, and there might be an anti-war movement. But again, it just goes to show, I think, the duplicity underlying that. Let's take another short break. We'll be back to wrap things up right after these messages. Friends, welcome back. We are here in the final moments of tonight's edition of Corbett Report Radio. Once again, we have been talking to Peter B. Collins. He is the co-host of the flagship Boiling Frogs Post podcast, available to subscribers of BoilingFrogsPost.com. So just wrapping up tonight's conversation, of course, there's no way to tie a pretty bow on a bleak subject like this, but one, I suppose, sliver of hope and ray of light that we have in this uh, encroaching tyranny is the fact that we do have, at least at the moment and for the time being, still some measure of freedom of speech to to help to spread the information and understanding about these issues. And I know that's why you're there doing what you're doing, and that's why, why I'm here doing what I'm doing. And... Uh, of course, enabled through outlets like BoilingFrogsPost.com. So perhaps we can just, in the final few minutes here, get your take on the independent media landscape and why outlets like Boiling Frogs Post are so important. Well, I agree, James, and um, despite the uh, sharp criticism that I offer, uh, we have not seen any independent media um, individuals whether they're in print or uh, online uh, that I know of who have been uh, detained, arrested, or otherwise silenced. <clears throat> Pardon me. But the, the threat remains, and the, the, there's a lot of marginalization that occurs. And when you challenge um, elected leaders uh, in particular you get some interesting responses. And I'll, I'll give you an example. You, you've heard that I believe in the Bill of Rights. And I've known Nancy Pelosi, who is the House uh, Minority Leader and was once the Speaker, and is hoping, I think, uh, wistfully, to be returned to the Speakership after the November elections. And uh, I saw her at a memorial uh, for a, a Bay Area journalist a few months ago, and we exchanged pleasantries and talked a little bit. And as I could tell, my time was running out. 
um, I said, Nancy, and, and I know her well enough to speak to her on a first-name basis, I said, I know you have a lot of things on your agenda, but uh, could you please restore my Fourth Amendment rights? And her response was to shake my hand and say, how lovely to see you. <laughs> uh-huh. Not particularly surprising. And I've I've uh, actually made a pest of myself with Senator Boxer, with uh, Congressman Thompson, who's on the Intelligence Committee, and I would to Senator Feinstein, but she's afraid to talk to me anymore. So, uh, yes, we we do appear to have uh, full freedom to speak out, but they control us by limiting the distribution uh, of what we do, limiting the financial support for what we do, and when you cross the line, you are called a conspiracy theorist. And here's an example that just came in in my email 10 minutes ago. Brad Friedman is a courageous guy who runs bradblog.com. His focus is the corrupt election system in this country. And he recently challenged the NBC uh, uh, correspondent and host uh, named Chuck Todd. And he is their election specialist. That's his whole uh, uh, beat. And uh, Todd had put out a tweet saying that, uh, you know, anybody who thinks that uh, the, the election can be stolen is as crazy as Donald Trump about birther issues. Well, just, just today, Friedman was labeled a conspiracy theorist for advancing the very real questions about the way that this upcoming election is being manipulated. Surprise, surprise. It's always the go-to smear that they love to uh, to put on anyone who's questioning the system, but that's not going to stop us. But, uh, Peter, I'm, I'm afraid time is going to stop us. We are completely out of time. So, I, once again, thank you so much for your time tonight, and I hope people will check out your work, peterbcollins.com, and, of course, spoilingfrogspost.com. Peter, thank you so much for your time tonight. It is my pleasure, James. I'm happy to join you tonight. All right, and we'll be back tomorrow night with more Corporate Report Radio, so take care.